This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel and today Barry Warwick from our sponsor Travel World on King is with us. Hello Barry and where are we off to today? Hi Jane, I thought uh, we'd take a little trip to South Africa. South Africa. Yeah. South Africa and the area that I thought that we'd concentrate is uh, Mpumalenga, which is the area around Kruger National Park. Now, everyone is really aware of the, you know, Kruger National Park, and it's a, it is a really famous uh, national park. And lots of game, and that's where you go to see all the big animals. That's right. But it actually offers far more than that. It offers some really spectacular scenery. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got canyons, so you've... Uh, and the forest built um, in that same area. So, uh, you know... It's something that I suppose we don't think of as canyons. You've got trout fishing, uh, and not too many people uh, think of South Africa as uh, a trout fishing area. A place to pack your rod for. A place to pack your rod for, and, you know, uh, rods don't take up that much space on aircraft, do they? So, um, you know, yeah, get away from it and, you know, enjoy something that's a little bit different. Now, obviously, um, fishing you can, I guess... Um, do the tenting type variety and, uh, you know, camping in the, the national parks is a really great way to see it. But also in that surrounding area are some of the really, um, some of the great private game parks of uh, South Africa. And uh, while they're really expensive, um, you've got your lap of luxury that you can actually indulge yourself in. So you don't have to fight the dust and put up your own tent? And no, you can just sort of relax in really comfortable surroundings and also just, um, you know, walk out and they have uh, the hide so that you can, uh, and the water holes where the animals come up. So the game virtually, uh, virtually comes to you. Also in that area is uh, a little mining town uh, that has been restored um, it's called Pilgrim's Rest, um, and it takes you back into South Africa's history. And there's a lot of reasonable priced accommodation in that um, that area as well. So, again, just something different. Um, and South Africa, particularly in that Kruger National Park area or this this area, um, is quite good to drive in. So it's good to do a self drive. You don't have to be on an organised tour if you don't want to. You can just really wander your way through if you want to. Um, getting there, there's, there's plenty of um, ways to get there. You know, you've got South African Airways that flies um, direct from Perth through to um, Johannesburg. You've got Qantas um, that flies from Sydney. Um, you've also got Singapore Airlines that goes via Singapore or Malaysian Airlines that goes via Kuala Lumpur. So you can actually have an exotic Asian destination while still having um, the fun of... Um, South Africa. And do you head for these national parks or for this area out of Johannesburg? Um, yeah, Johannesburg is, is, is your main uh, main stop, so yeah, pick it up. Um, some some areas of South Africa, uh, so, sorry, of Johannesburg are a little bit dicey to be on, but uh, picking up a car at the airport and heading out, I think you'll find is really quite okay. A good way to go and reasonably easy to do yourself. Reasonably easy to do yourself, that's right. On 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel. And Barry Warwick, one of the things we think about or need to think about before we go on holiday is the documentation we need. 
Where yeah. do we start? Yeah, Jane, it's always, um, well, I suppose it's the most important thing that we can do. And certainly um, I know that we've covered the topic before, but it doesn't hurt to reiterate it. And your passport is the obvious thing that you need. Now, um, various people have different passports. You know, you, you, a lot of people that have residency here travel on, say, an English passport. Some even have dual nationality in which they have an Australian passport and an English passport. So is it a good idea to take both passports with you? Well, in fact, you have to. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's one of those cases where um, if you were an English citizen in Australia, you would need to have a re-entry to get back into Australia. As soon as you become an Australian citizen, the Australian government recognise only that Australian passport, so they won't allow you to actually go out um, on uh, well, you can go out on the English passport, but you've got to have your Australian passport to get back into uh, into Australia. And they certainly won't uh, re issue you with a re-entry visa because you're um, not an Australian citizen, as far as they um, class it. So, with that, you must remember that you've got to take um, take both passports. It's easy enough to get out of the country on the English passport, but certainly coming back in, if you've got that Australian passport, you will need to, to have that. Passport, very um, important. Passport's very important. Now, again, uh, what visa uh, requirements apply to Australians don't necessarily apply to the English or American or you know, um, South African passport holders. So it's really important uh, to check the visa requirements of the countries that you're going to. Now, Australia is very, very lucky in terms that a lot of countries it's visa-free to, to go to. So no longer for Western Europe um, or even a lot of the Eastern Bloc countries that used to require a visa, they're no longer required. Um, Going into Russia, though, you still do require a visa, and Russia is very, very pedantic about the dates that you can go in and the dates that you come out. So um, other countries, for example, China, you get a visa for a month um, and you can sort of enter within a certain period. It might, they may give you three months to actually do the entry. So, again, different countries have different requirements on uh, when and where you can enter. Uh, the other thing is that sometimes it takes a little while and the Indian consulate, for, ex for example, at the moment, um, they require at least a couple of weeks to issue a visa and where once you could actually pay a special fee to get it issued quickly when you needed it, at the moment uh, that's not the case. So again, that, that can vary. Uh, next month they may allow that again, but at the at the moment... Um, you've got to make sure that you get in bright and early and, and get that visa. Is it a good idea always to get your visa before you leave Australia? Um, in most cases it is because then I always think that you've spent so much money getting um, to the, your destination that you should make most of the use of it. And there's nothing worse than thinking, well, I've got to hang around today drop it into a passport into a consulate. You're without a passport. You can't actually then go on to another country. Um, you don't know how long um, that that will the take process. to get the mm. visa. Um, and sometimes it is better to actually get it overseas because they'll be issued within a day or two days 
whereas it may take a week here. In other circumstances, the reverse may be the case. So I just think that it's better to make sure that documentation is completed before you go. So we've got the visa in the passport. Where That's else, right. What else do we need to think of? The next thing you need to uh, think about is where you're going do you need vaccinations? Now, there's certain things that I would um, recommend that, that people automatically have, and that's your, you know, your tetanus. Make sure your tetanus is up to date. Uh, if you're going to a third world areas, make sure your polio is, um, again, up to date. And I know that polio is supposed to last forever, but um, when you're going to some of these third world countries, uh, it is a good idea to, to just have another dosage of that. Um, hepatitis is another one that people should check with their doctor whether or not they, the doctor recommends it and then malaria I suppose is is another so it's a good idea to check with your doctor because he's up to date with what countries need what or he has access to that information so that's those are the three main areas we need to think about. They are, yeah. And, of course, then after that you get on to what kind of money you take and how money, you take it. Money, insurance. And insurance and, and those things. And, and those things. So um, there's a lot to think about when you, when you are travelling and um, I think, you know, that's where you, a good travel agent is always um, invaluable. And documentation to help make the most of your holiday while you're away. That's right. To NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel and Barry Warwick. Where are we off to on our hot deals today? I thought um, Hawaii would sound nice. There's Ooh, been yes. a few really good deals out to Hawaii and uh, it seems to be a perennial favourite with the um, with Australians. Um, you know, Waikiki Beach always sounds really, really nice and you've got Pearl Harbour, uh, you've got the cultural shows, you've got good night club shows, so... And excellent shopping. Um, so Hawaii has a lot to, to offer just the average tourist. In addition to that, you've got the the um, outer islands like Maui, uh, again, another favourite, nice beaches. Kauai, which is the, the Garden Island. Um, then you've got the big island of Hawaii where the volcanoes are. And, you know, it's a live volcano. You can stop in the Volcano National Park. So... Outside of Honolulu, which I suppose is the traditional area that most people go to, there is a lot to do and see. Which brings me to the next part. In You can actually cruise the islands. Um, now, there is currently a special for November, so if you're thinking a little bit further ahead, you've got that from um, 1,280. It's a seven-night cruise of the Hawaiian Islands aboard the new Pride of Hawaii from Honolulu. And what a great way to, to get out. It starts off at Honolulu, goes out to um, the big island of Hawaii, calls into a couple of, of the other islands. So you're getting just a really nice feel while at the same time relaxing. And because the islands aren't that far apart, you're getting quite a, quite a few um, places. You know, on Monday you're in, say, Oahu, you leave Honolulu. Then on Tuesday, you're in Hilo. Wednesday, Maui. Thursday, you're still in Maui. Friday, Kona. And then Kauai on Saturday. Then back to Honolulu. So, you know, you've, your days, you're sort of ashore, having a look around, cruising at night. What a wonderful way to do it. The best of both worlds. Cruising, Honolulu, Hawaii, etc. Sounds wonderful. And that's our hot deal for that's today. 
That's it. And that's Talking Travel for today. And we'll be back next Friday after the 1 o'clock news. Talking Travel with our sponsor, Travel World on King. Thank you, Barry Warwick. Thanks, Jane. On 2 and you are FM 103.7.